I'm dead. Hello, mate. <laughs> my whole screen just went blank there for a moment. I thought, oh, it's just <laughs> if we're in a blackout. Happy <laughs> Friday, my friend. Happy Friday to you, mate. But uh, I, I was just observing us on our video there. We, we look pretty young um, back in our day. <laughs> See, that was only two years ago. Gee, how time has uh, treated us harshly. <laughs> you know, I, I was actually at my hairdressers the other day, uh, a while back actually now, and she's gone, geez, you've gone grey real quick. <laughs> Thanks. Um, uh, I think she's gone, oh, suits you. I'm like, yeah, whatever, just finish the job. Mate, uh, you've got a little bit of, uh, what do they call it? Um, you know, the grey hairs give you a little bit of that wisdom. So, um, yep. Um Boom! All right. Well, we've got a few on 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 online now. So, uh, Alison, afternoon, Jeff. Jeff's excited. He's got himself a deal. Hey, Jeff. I think that one's a cracker, mate. If you got that on your SMSF, then um, you'll be uh, you'll be extremely happy. We launched a deal the other night, Andy. Folks, anyone listening in? Uh, really nice, uh, architecturally designed uh, building up there in Brisbane. Jeff's pretty pumped, uh, like uh, a fair few of our other clients are, I'm quite sure. But, um, yeah, nice one. Nice one, Jeff. Mate, uh, what are you drinking today? Look, I bought a little random selection, a random selection of wines, and I've ended up with, like, I don't know, Villa Maria, Merlot. I don't even know. (laughs) It tastes nice. Organic. Organic too. There you go. No hangover (laughs) for you. (laughs) Uh, Well, we'll see. We'll see. Mate, I've actually pulled your trick out because uh, I had a glass glass of wine the other night. So I've actually pulled this one out of the fridge, the old Point Leo, just for <laughs> just just for tonight. Uh, and so, mate, I, I I hate to say it, but I I yeah, it's a, it's a day old, so it's not too bad. It's not a Witten special, which is uh, two and a half not a week old or two weeks old. But yeah. folks, listen, check it out. This is not a, a promotion of a product, but uh, it is something that Andy bought me for my birthday, which is meant to preserve wine. So if I have one glass, I can. Do something special to the bottle, and then uh, you know I can drink it a week, a month, a year later. It says on the on the on the thing. So I'll let you guys know how I travel with that. Thanks, mate. Appreciate the little little gift, mate. You're welcome. You're welcome. So look, as it goes to one of the mottos, life is too short to drink bad wine. <laughs> so uh, so now not only can you increase the quality of what you drink because you now don't have to buy four bottles for uh, four different wine and wisdoms. You can buy one one bottle which will last all four. Nice. Uh, well, and- I was turning into a bit of an alcoholic because you were making me feel bad to wasting wine, Andy. So I'm glad that I can I can get <laughs> I can give my liver a rest. But uh, Jeanette Jeanette reckons the old Villa Maria is good. So um, I've got I've got a supporter online for that one. So there you uh, go. Uh, there you go. Into it. <laughs> well, great to have everyone uh, jumping on. Fair few people online now, mate. So you know, folks, as you guys uh, should know or could know, that uh, you know. Uh, this is our uh, weekly debrief. We get a chance to hang out, have a uh, wine. Andy and I were talking offline, and I said, to "Andy, when do you want to start?" He goes, "Mate, five o'clock's fine. I don't have a social life anyway." So um, <laughs> <laughs> this is my social life. Uh, I think that's why we get on so well, Andy. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, this is our social life. It's uh, we're quite happy in our little Zoom dungeons here, and. Uh, <laughs> Mate, I, I'm loving the wealth coffee chat in the background. There, it's uh, I've, I've, I'm, I'm going to have to step up my game, mate. Neon signs, mate. We'll have to get one. Well, I, I'll, I need to get the the the, the sign that uh, transforms to wealth wine and wisdom and the wealth coffee chats. 
you know, coffee in the morning and wine in the evening. All right, there we go. So I'm not sure if uh, all of you out there have, have, have heard this story yet, uh, but uh, Wealth, Wine and Wisdom is actually starting to, to build up a bit of momentum out there. And, and who would have thunk it? You know, Jace and I had a couple of years <laughs> ago getting together to try and help out uh, business owners and investors from making potentially catastrophic mistakes and just just to, to uh, blow our trumpet a little bit, you know, those people who listened in the early days of COVID, um, especially to Jason and around property, saved themselves an absolute fortune or made themselves some incredibly good money and smart money. And then business owners uh, from the way that we were dissecting, uh, you know, the legislation stayed above board. Um and uh, so massive impacts that the, that the show's had in a reasonably short period of time, but it's starting to get bigger. And there's, so there's, you, you know that you're starting to uh, enter the realms of uh, infamy uh, when <laughs> somebody taps you on the shoulder when you're on a plane flight to, to Sydney and goes, G'day, Jason, how are you going, mate? And you're sort of looking up going, fuck, fuck, hey, uh, uh, real from wealth, wine, and wisdom. And it's like, <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, Jason's famous. Um, so he's he's going to have his own Twitter page soon uh, and uh, book signings in the in the not too distant future. But uh, I'd I'd love to hear for the person if you're actually listening tonight. Who tap Jason on the on the plane. I'd love to I'd love to see if you got a snapshot. It would have been great if you grabbed a selfie with him at that point in time too. But, uh, <laughs> it was it was too much of a shock. Uh, but then I was like, what's going on? Somebody's like like uh, seen us online. It uh, and it's quite a funny one, isn't it? Like this stuff. You know, you, you, we kind of live in this kind of little zoomy bubble. But then when when you get a shock when it transfers to real life, like a, a, like like the virtual uh, crosses over into um, the, into the, the real version of the world. Yeah. <laughs> and, and here's here's us just thinking most of the time we're talking to ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> well, once or twice we probably have been, Andy, but uh, there's a fair few of you guys online now, so great to have a bunch of you on. Um, as, as always, big, big shout-out to you guys, Kylie, James, Jeff, Dean, Allison, uh, Shay, I love uh, and a bunch of other Jeanette, Jeanette's there as well. So fantastic to have you on. Um, give us a shout out in the chat if uh, if you got any questions. Uh, maybe we'll just go through the loose format, Andy. Uh, the loose format of what we what we kind of do each each uh, time we get together on a Friday. Um, we have a you know a bit of a loose format, folks. We've got uh, usually we might uh, talk about something that might be in the news. You know, what's going on? You know, we've got to keep ourselves sharp when it comes to not being distracted by uh, the uh, the media machine. You know, sometimes there's good tidbits of information that we've got to double down on and there's sometimes there's information we've got to completely ignore. Actually, I think it's more often <laughs> the latter than the former. Um, but, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's uh, uh, an important skill to learn. Um, certainly, certainly we think, uh, you know, if you've got any questions on your mind, we'd love to answer them. So uh, start doing those in the chat. Andy and I have noticed over the last couple of Wealth, Wine and Wisdoms that we haven't gotten around to the questions. So <laughs> <laughs> it's so, our commitment to you guys tonight to answer questions um, and um, I'm going to make Andy responsible for that. Uh, so um, <laughs> I whack, whack him in there now. Uh, so hashtag Q or if you want to ask a question, then we'll we'll sort of – We'll wait for you to, to get in there. But uh, if there's any burning questions, fire them through, whatever they are, uh, whichever world they are, whether they're you know, economics, whether it's property, whether it's investing, um, 
and we'll we'll do our best to to answer them. But our promise is tonight we're going to get to as many of them as we possibly can. Absolutely, and maybe you know if we feel a little bit uh, you know motivated or or we see an opportunity, maybe there one, there's one or two things we think you should know to keep an eye on, and we might uh, we might tune uh, we might tune into that and see what we can do. So um, you know there you go. But uh, big shout out to Harry. Chris joining us, fellas, gentlemen, good to see you guys uh, online. But um, um, that is the general gist of it, folks. But um, other than that, we probably should uh, uh, have a little look at what is going on in the chat. You know, there's uh, oh yeah, there's a couple of questions coming in, which is great. Um, uh, and uh, maybe, Andy, maybe I'll get rid of that. Uh, maybe we... Uh, do a little bit of what's in the news and then dive straight into the questions. I think that would probably uh, probably be worth worth doing. So That's I cool. might just uh, I might kick it off, Andy. Um, uh, warm up the crowd, see what we can do for this evening's um, action plan. But um, team, you know what's in the news uh, over in my neck of the woods, Andy. Uh, let's listen. <laughs> Guess what? Guess what, Andy? Guess what? I'm gonna... oh, you're sizing me up already, are you? It's going to be one of those nights, Folks, ladies and gentlemen. Guess what? Guess what? We've got another record, Andy. Record. Oh, another record. Another record. All right. Let, let, me have a, let me have a guess at it. Uh, give me a bit of context and uh, let me see. Well, it, if you would have watched uh, my, my, uh, my uh, Wealth Coffee Chat this morning, you probably would have uh, got it already. But there is another record. Australians have squirreled away, squirreled away in this a mechanism of financial uh, financial control. They've squirreled away record amounts in this uh, account uh, so far in the last few years. That was easy. <laughs> record amounts. Where do you reckon they've stored it, Andy? Where do you reckon they've squirreled it away? Uh, well, my number one would have been the uh, the mattress. Uh, number two would have been squirreling it away into uh, tech devices uh, in our rooms. Uh, mate, uh, it would have been to pay down debt. We'd be sitting in offset accounts and uh, and and mortgages. No flies on you, Andy Fenton. There we go. Residential property borrowers have squirreled away a record amount, a record amount compared to something somewhere um, of two hundred thirty-two. <laughs> <laughs> you got to put that up there, Jace. That's hilarious. <laughs> Harry, you're a, you're a funny man. Oh, dear. Uh, where's Harry? Uh, <laughs> yeah, probably in crypto. Nobody knows Harry. There's no way to check. Um, there's no way to check. There's probably an absolute record of people putting money into crypto. But um, well, uh, I, put, I put a million dollars in. What do you mean $500,000? I've got 20000 in there left. <laughs> But Jeff and Jeff and Carolyn were, were all over it in the offset accounts, which yep. is fantastic. Uh, you know, that's one of the reasons you and I have sort of had this conversation about we don't think, uh, you know, there is what we would call tough times ahead for the average mortgage holder in Australia, even though interest rates are going to go up a bit. Uh, we don't think that there's going to be, that's going to have a disastrous effect for a number of reasons, you know, uh, employment, uh, unemployment is low. Employment is high. You and I were chatting the other day, Andy. You were talking to someone who, you know, has a look at the the economic machinations of his, the Australian economy, and four percent is kind of like you can't get much lower than four percent unemployment because the four percent don't want to be employed, you know, or or physically not capable. 
So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, or yeah, basically of the of the workforce. Yeah. So four percent. I've forgotten the. Uh, there's a there's a specific term for it. I'll remember it shortly. But uh, but yeah, it's ostensibly economists around the world. It's the general consensus that it doesn't go below four because there is four percent who will not work no matter what is available. Uh, and then there's also the, the the minor fraction of displacement, right? It, it's it, people transitioning into different roles can't quite get there or not quite the right fit, um, yep. and are just finding their space. So yeah, four percent is the zero barrier. So this is where we are, folks. We've got you know low unemployment. We've got record amounts squirreled away in offset accounts. Andy, we also have um, by the look of it. Um, Let's call it a record, but record savings, record household savings are also um, not only in offset accounts, but in you know regular accounts. You know, folks, you guys know this. If you you run with me a little bit, uh, a savings account is a losings account unless it's connected to a mortgage offset, uh, because at the end of the day, inflation, Andy, uh, inflation uh, eats, it away. eats it away. You got cash sitting in a bank account. Inflation is 3%. You're getting half a percent on your cash. You're losing value. You're losing actual, real, tangible value at 2.5% a year or whatever the number is. Um, so uh, so there you go. Um, and uh, one that I think maybe, Andy, you might be able to sort of, um, you know, have a little comment on here is, you know, you know the budget, people are voting. Uh, you know, we've, we've had something flow out into our uh, – our attention, and uh, looks like you know the the thing on everyone's mind at the moment when it comes to Australia, Australia and our economy, is you know interest rates going up. Let's call it the end of cheap money, uh, and uh, you know who is going to make that less uh, painful for 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 Australians? You know, Labor, Liberal, National, you know, Freedom Party, uh, whoever, whatever, you know, um, and uh, it seems that. The idea that we uh, we might be uh, I don't know convinced to uh, vote one way or another, um, and uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's dead right, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Jace. To be fair, banks are paying a full percent uh, for balances over one hundred and fifty thousand. It really is. it's quite an incredible state of affairs, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it is. The only reason that you would have money in a in cash now, other than to take advantage of investment opportunity, uh, is uh, ultimately if you think that we're going to be in a big deflationary spiral, uh, and you know the governments of the world have not let that happen for quite some time, uh, and it's it, it's an interesting article, isn't it? Because ultimately the politicians don't control. Uh, interest rates. It's the Reserve Bank of Australia. Uh, they can exert influence via way of uh, fiscal policy, but not monetary policy. And the difference mm. between the two is fiscal policy is, it, think of it, higher level stuff like uh, infrastructural uh, spending, you know, uh, land releases, uh, all of the things that the government should be Free. Free money to first home buyers to build free, free, home, <laughs> free money to home buyers. It's unbelievable. You know, you, you see those cartoons where they're just throwing money out of the back of a plane. You think that will never happen. <laughs> and, and it's happened twice uh, yep. in, in yep. the last three years. Uh, but um, it, I think that this is a, a bit of a fright piece uh, and because ultimately they can't control it. 
but I think it's a great political tool and a political weapon that they can start to use to beat each other over the head with. But, but right now, mate, it just it looks like it's it's a dirty election already. Uh, it's mm. I'm, I'm not sure who's been keeping up with the news and what's been going on. But every time I turn the channel, uh, I see some muppet making allegations about another muppet, and uh, it really is. Uh, this is not so far that I've seen in the election. This is not a campaign of uh, of economic policy. This is actually a campaign of. Uh, of just smackdowns, they're, they're discrediting each other, and look, probably they they all deserve to be discredited equally. To to be fair, but um, I don't see a lot of uh, economics on the agenda at the moment, uh, which is which is really interesting. And I, I think neither party will really have policies that will be able to do any better than the other when it comes to interest rates. Uh, they'll claim a win or they'll claim a loss depending on where it sits, but uh, I think. Really, the long-term bond position is is based on the inflationary targets. The inflationary targets at the moment are uh, a moving feast, and politically, what they could be doing in order to expedite the you know the the uh, potentially short-term inflation is to to do a little bit more fiscal stimulus in and around uh, you know uh, the the importing and exporting of our raw raw materials, trying to inject uh, efficiencies into those sectors, and they could actually have some real short-term wins in that space. Uh, yeah. They haven't chosen to do it. But that's really the only way that I can see them having a major impact. Um, and let's face it, most fiscal budgetary things take, you know, 5, 10, 15 years to, to flow through and to have an effect. Yep. So we really don't see... Uh, and and here's the thing is that every four years a new person in power actually repeals all of the old budgetary <laughs> stimulus matters and turns it into a different direction, closes down the tunnel. We're not doing an east-west link. We're going to do a west-east link. Um, so, mate, I think it's just another one of those opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got one, and uh, and we seem to be getting more and more of them in the field <laughs> at the moment. Yeah, some of them stink. Mate, um, you know, that... <laughs> <laughs> But you know, like uh, I did see, which which I thought was which was um, very interesting, and you know, industries and we we do have a, a number of business owners tuning in uh, as well to this. You know, we, we serve you know business owners as well as property investors with with our with our um, our support. You know, uh, the government has for the first time in ten years completed or at least put some pen to paper with a trade deal with India. And, you know they've been working on it for ten years, which um, which I think, folks, anyone in you know uh, in the marketplace where they could provide some services or some products or whatever it is to that market uh, should be you know eyes on the prize. It, it's it's a great one. One thing that's uh, Andy that that is going to happen, you know, which is going to accelerate certainly my neck of the woods when it comes to the real estate game. Uh, they're doing some deals with um, students and study, uh, and and bringing um, you know those uh, students to Australia from India, and that's going to be um, you know a win, uh, but it is going to accelerate some of our issues when it comes to the real estate um, in the next three to five years, folks. But uh, but that's certainly going to be uh, an excellent one, um, and uh, as you know. As all of us uh, need to do, we need to keep on keep an eye on where you know some of those opportunities are arising. You mentioned uh, one. I'm just going to skip quickly to this one, Andy. But um, 
you mentioned, you know, some of our, uh, you know, our exports and, and it comes to the world of uh, basically Perth, the big, you know, the world's quarry, you know, to be honest, you know, other than coal, which is kind of a bit on the nose long term, short term, it's actually, <laughs> you know, who would have, who would have, uh, who would have shorted coal, Andy, and um, oil before, you know, <laughs> before the war in, uh, well, maybe, maybe uh, Putin did. Who knows? We're not going to dive down any of those um, uh, rabbit holes. But um, you know, our uh, our mining um, is back on the agenda over in Perth and Western Australia is uh, certainly having a resurgence in its um, in its mining boom. Um, you know, it quote. Uh, in quote, uh, you know, marketplace. Certainly from a real estate point of view, team, you know, Perth really had a rough shot of it for over a decade. It uh, it had some fantastic benefits, fantastic benefits for, you know, a time um, that, uh, you know, we started in 2000, Positive Real Estate started in 2000, and uh, our first few deals were actually done out of Kalgoorlie in Perth, Andy. I don't know if anyone uh, ever knows that. Right. Um, but uh, <laughs> we literally rode the mining boom for, you know, 10 years. Uh, and um, it started out of Perth. You know, it uh, had a little bit of a little bit of a shakeout. And Perth's marketplace has gone sort of sideways for quite a while. But uh, if anyone uh, had that ride when Perth was on the map and it, it really had some significant investment when it came to its mining infrastructure. You know, one one job in on the mining camps equaled five jobs in 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 the Perth uh, CBD or the Perth City. You know, some of those um, some of those things I think could be back on the agenda for the West Australian market uh, sometime soon. So but uh, I think that uh, that might be one to watch for us as well. A little bit of uh, turning the tide in our exports. Well, it's an interesting one though, as far as the uh, <clears throat> demand push inflation, as far as uh, employment's concerned over in WA, because there's almost that perfect storm. I'm, I'm not sure what the subtext to this article was, but uh, over there, WA is basically been its uh, its own people's republic now for the last <laughs> two and a bit years. Yeah, and that that obviously exacerbates the problem uh, in that it, wages are going to go up because the the pool not only nationally is is quite small at the moment, but um, the pool then to to WA is even more isolated because. Uh, and let's face it, a lot of people made some great money going up until this period of time. They're just gone, and they've just gone on holiday throughout COVID and throughout these these other periods of time. Going stuff it, you know, I'm not working ten times harder for um, the the same coin. So they've they've taken a bit of a break. So th- there's been a, almost the perfect storm, and we've got a few uh, clients and friends who you know are right in the thick of all of that over in WA at the moment. So yeah. Um, there's there's quite a lot of edges to that sword. It's not just uh, it's not just two sided. There's probably about seven or eight different ways that or, or contributions to to this uh, uh, wages growth. Yeah. Well, um, I saw uh, an interesting article the other day. You know, uh, the Western Australian government posted a a significant a significant surplus. Andy, I think I, if I remember correctly, it was eight billion dollars or something. You know uh, where the rest of the country was was uh, in negative, and and they have crushed it. Um, yeah. And um, 
So it's a it's an interesting one. Uh, what I do know, very bluntly, broadly, when when jobs, uh, when wages rise uh, and pretty significantly rise, then property prices often rise afterwards, and or um, rents rise as well. And you know, Bob sort of said, you know, rents going up. Yes, absolutely, rents are going crazy now. I looked back, and uh, I <laughs> I said, "Folks, we're, we're officially entering the entering the rental boom." Uh, Sixteen months ago, and um, you know there has been some significant increases in rents across the country um, in the short term, but also I think it's only just getting started. So we're going to see that we're going to see that rents going to go up, supplies tight, wages I think are going to continue to squeeze, Andy, uh, and um, some interesting things afoot when it comes to the marketplace. Uh, this is an interesting one. Bob, you're going to like this one. Uh, Andy, this, you, might be, uh, you might be happy about this. The good old Victorian marketplace is getting a little bit of, you know, premium attention when, it, when, it's, uh, when, it's, when we're talking about our rental increase in values. Yeah, right. And it's an interesting conversation because the – Melbourne or the Victorian rental compression, the rental compression um, uh, and lockdowns uh, gave it the old one too, but really the underlying, like the underlying reality of if the market's allowed to be normal, you know, people are allowed to sort of, you know, leave their homes and behave normally and go to work and have jobs and, you know, stuff's kind of normal, well, that marketplace has bounced back pretty significantly quickly and the medium to bottom end of the rental um the rental pool has done that very quickly and that makes sense andy that makes sense folks that you know the rental bounce uh has happened at the bottom end of the market not necessarily the top end of the market um because you know that's where those people are back to work that's where people those people are kind of like you know you know back to full-time jobs or whatever it might be so that income security um, is pretty significant. And there's plenty of other examples across the country, folks, when we're talking, you know, pretty big into rental increases uh, when it comes to um, our properties, uh, different places and different spaces. So, you know, there's uh, there's some interesting things afoot. I think it's only getting started, team. You know, you have a look at these types of yields. Now, this is quite significant high-value property, Andy, but, you know, if the uh, Mortgages against those rises from 2% to 4%, uh, I believe you will see those yields not necessarily, you know, um, translate for every single spot, but I think you'll see those yields, you know, go up pretty significantly, you know, double in percentages and dollars potentially because the cost has to be passed on, you know, the the, the cost has to be passed on, folks. Um, And... uh, uh, I think that that's going to happen over the next couple of two to three years. Uh, that it gets delayed, Tim. It gets delayed because people have twelve-month uh, leases, so it's basically building up. And you know, like things that should be happening right now, if they're available to, then they're not going to happen for twelve months. It's not going to flow through into the marketplace for twelve months. That's why we keep telling our team, our investors, Andy, you know, slash. Uh, you know, our investors, Royal, you're, you're my uh, people we serve, you know, 
right now it might be prudent to do six-month leases, not 12-month leases, um, over the next little bit to take a look at, um, which is interesting. Um, but there was a question. Let's do a question from Alison, maybe in and around this thing, uh, talking about uh, the idea of um, – Airbnb short stays, you know, banning short stay because there is a short supply of rental. And <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's you know the wow. question is, you know, what 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 do we reckon? Well, I reckon uh, I reckon that's um, I think I think that's uh, personally socialist rubbish, um, <laughs> <laughs> Alison. But you know, at the wow. end, of the day, you know. You know, hey, you you guys stop using, you know, stop using something that, that you own for for your benefit, you know, because the government's failing of um of managing the economy and managing things. So we're going to make you the individual who's planned really well, you know, you know, you know, have a negative effect. And I don't think that's that's on. I'd I'd fight tooth and nail on that. I don't think they could push it through. Um, uh, the the regulation of it. Has actually um, started to occur, Alison, in in other ways, and I, and I don't think it's regulation because of supply issues uh, in New South Wales. There was some law passed in 2021 um, that uh, you had to be um, you had to uh, register as as a as the supplier of short term uh, short term rentals. And there and there's some legislation, Andy, folks. That you know, you've got to supply something that's up to up to speed, up to code, short term. You know, hotels and student accommodation have some pretty significant legislation. They have to incur expenses and costs to to provide that type of accommodation. And I think that was fair. I think that was a that was a fair way of making it, you know, safe and um, and uh, applicable. But um, you know this type of legislation, regulating it, limiting it. <laughs> I think uh, I think people would be up in arms about it. Uh, I actually it's, think it's going to get worse, Andy. But and it, this is a, a classic example of, and we've we've actually been talking about it uh, in the business over the last week, uh, and especially after we caught up with the afterburners, the the Royal Australian Air Force uh, consultants. In that, this is a classic example where people look not to the uh, to the root cause of the problem; they actually just try and solve a surface issue, uh, and it's it's laughable to to me. This is just people banging on about uh, the, again another uh, opinion piece. Probably smells a little bit, and because uh, ultimately, what they're you know the context of this is that they're trying to fight uh, technological progress, yeah. and I think. Uh, by regulating out of it because it's deemed to be unfair due to whatever the root cause is. Now, without going too far into it, you could you only have to go, well, why is the issue here? And ask a couple of depths into the why. You'd go, well, why is the, why is the issue here? Well, there's not enough properties on the market. Why, why isn't there enough properties on the market? Because there haven't been enough uh, developments come through. Maybe there's a little bit of a, a developers not producing as much more recently because of cost prices. But why is that? And then you go back to land banking, and you go, well, let, why don't we fix fix the problem at the root cause rather than you know uh, try and just treat some little band aid solution which creates more legislation, more red tape, more pain in the ass for everybody involved. It's it's just crazy. This yeah. this is the kind of backwards thinking that just really is is not productive. 
Yeah, and you know, you know, saying it another way, you're trying to you know treat a symptom, not the cause, right? You know, yes. that's basically what we're saying. You know, and in my space, <clears throat> in the world of real estate, you know, it's been declining. This supply issue has been declining well before COVID. You know, you guys have heard me rabbit on about this endlessly. Um, you know, and uh, it started unfortunately, you know, with with APRA. Um, and uh, the availability of credit. And so, you know, that's the one, folks, that uh, we all got to watch. You know, the availability of credit affects real estate prices more than anything else, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, we got to keep an eye on that one as we go. But, um, yeah, you know, there's certain there's certain places. So, you know, um, Bob's sort of saying, you know, they did it in Sydney. You can only Airbnb for six months. Um, there's certain legislation or limitations, you know, depending on the state, depending on the building, depending on the council. So there are some things that are sort of in play. Um, and, um, you know, every every sort of uh, new idea finds this kind of like equilibrium inside some system of some description. Um, but uh, really at the end of the day, team, you know, the short-term letting uh, world uh, is certainly, uh, I think, going to make things worse because what I do know in the the 2020s, in 2020, a lot of people took their short-term letting properties out of the short-term letting market and put them back in the long-term market. So you're going to see this exacerbate, make, get worse uh, over the next little bit as well because people are going to put them back into the short-term letting pool. I'm about to put two of my properties when they finish their leases, which is in well, which is in June and August. I'm about to put two of my properties into the short-term letting pool, folks. Okay, so I'm taking it out of the long because now that short-term letting demand is high. It's 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 well worth doing. I've got one in Canberra, literally one kilometer, you know, from the the CBD of Canberra. Absolute crushes for short-term letting, and i got one actually here on the Gold Coast, right on the water. Um, so those two are going to go back in the short-term pool, and there are a lot of people doing that, Andy. There's a lot of people doing that, folks. Uh, you know, you're going to – like my yield is going to bump from 4.5% to over 8% when I do that. Why wouldn't I? Why should yeah. I be restricted in doing that? You know, it doesn't make any sense to me. So, you know, there you go. And, um, you know, it will – I think that plus – supply issues, uh, and also population, uh, you know, it was in the budget, Andy, it was in the budget, you know, 600,000 people in the next, um, the next three years, uh, you know, in, in Australia, accelerating the students, let's say from India, the, the, the country, the, the government's done a deal, you know, to get more trade going with India, you know, there's, there's some great upside if you own real estate or the right real estate in the right spots. You know, and certainly I think as business owners and, um, you know, those who might be uh, participating in other types of investments, that, you know, if you're in the right position, you're going to benefit from that. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Here's an interesting one. A little bit, a uh, little bit real estate focused today, folks. But, um, you know, uh, the gap, the gap between, Another record, Andy. Dun, dun, dun. Another record. <laughs> hey! 
Another record. <laughs> we should write newspapers, Jace. We should. We should. Oh, Alexis, hope you're okay, mate. Hope you don't have the rain or anything. Um, late and sick. Whiskey, wine, and wisdom. All right, yeah, whiskey can whiskey can get rid of that. Um, <laughs> it could be, uh, I don't think we need two types of alcohol on this show, um, Alexis, but it does sound good. Uh, <laughs> first, we have a whiskey, then we have a wine. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Got around the wrong way. Hope you're all right, mate. So, mate, listen, uh, it's an interesting one, the gap between the gap between house prices and apartment prices in these cities is pretty significant these days. Look at those numbers, you know, um, and uh, it's uh, it's an interesting one. I think uh, I think uh, over the next little bit, the uh, the apartment world will get a little bit more attention than the house world, just because the house prices have gone up faster than the apartment prices. Well, do you remember, Jace, when when we were talking about this uh, two years ago when the pandemic first started? And do you remember who remembers what everybody, all the all of the media, everyone was saying? It's the new what? It's the new normal. And and what were they saying? Is that we were all going to be living in bloody shanty towns here, there, and everywhere, and uh, and never leaving the house ever again. And we we actually got onto uh, oh, I always forget his name. Jace uh, uh, Jonathan is is actually one of the. The, the largest property investors in the world controls one of the li- uh, sorry the largest property fund in the world and uh, loved what he had to say he said that uh, there's been the black plague the bubonic plague there's been uh, plagues and various different pandemics many many times in history and uh, after none of them have we all just gone and resided in the country every single time we've gone back to the cities we've gone back in force and life gets back to normal because we're a herd mammal and instinctively we want to be in proximity with each other. Uh, and so this, this is a really interesting one from a behavioral economics perspective from my, in my neck of the woods, because I, I kind of see the logic behind it. Everyone went to the tree change and got out. Then they realized that in Australia, the internet sucks when you're in the city, <laughs> let alone out in the middle of, you know, uh, nowhere where the, the view's beautiful, but the internet sucks even with uh, Elon Musk's uh, internet system. And I, I, re- this, I reckon this could be a really interesting one to watch. And I, I actually wanted to get your thoughts on it a little while back because I thought as people go back into that market, then, you know, it could really put, you know, the pricing pressure back into it because people go back to lifestyle, office, city, in my neck of the woods, St Kilda, um, Albert Park, uh, you know, maybe even, you know, the Docklands because that's a beautiful spot, the Docklands. You've got the beach on the door. Uh, so... Mate, what are you? What what are your thoughts on on how this is going to transpire in the in the medium term? Well, um, if we take a little bit of, um, oh, I always butchered this bloody saying that what the one you do, <laughs> you know, history doesn't repeat itself, but it's a great mimic. Is it a great mimic? Hey! You nailed it. <laughs> but you know, if you have a look at you know what happened with um, you know the investment, the investment. Um, activity around the mining boom. You know, people chased returns away from the city and into the 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 larger rural towns and even some of the smaller rural towns. You know, and and people moved from the city to the country uh, for jobs and and they paid you know exorbitant prices and and all sorts of stuff. Same, like 
same version of the world, same dollars and cents maneuvering around just different reasons this time where, you know, hey, I'm, I, I don't want to be locked up in Melbourne. I'll pay any price to take me and my family out and go live in the country while everyone else is locked in the city. You know, now that might be over and it's pretty well, you know, done and dusted or while well, everyone's kind of getting back to almost pretty normal, they're like, well, like what am I doing here? You know, there's no actual benefit right now. When that money leaves the, the country and goes back to the city, you know, the local buyer, the local renter, you know, could not and, and will not pay the premium that, you know, the person came from somewhere else. The arbitrage of city, uh, the city buying to country buying, you know, uh, it, you know, is good on the way in but not great on the way out. The person local can't afford it. So, like, I think that there will be um, some issues in that space. What may make it not so uh, not so prominent this time is the um, the government actually prior to prior to COVID had done some pretty uh, pretty interesting things when it came to immigration. So you could get a Guernsey, you could come to Australia, but if you move to these zones, right? Mm move to these kind of regional, they call them regional zones. So if you wanted to move to a city zone, well, it's there's the herd, all right, but if you want to reach a regional, a regional zone, then, you know, away you go. So I think that might, uh, I haven't I haven't looked into it of recent times, but I thought they, they changed Newcastle, they changed Gold Coast, they changed places like Wollongong, they changed these, these areas that were right on the fringes of cities to these regional zones. Um, and I think that might, you know, might sort of save a little bit of that. But, I, you know, that, that's where I, it, it was a disaster last time. Let's just cut to the chase in, in one sentence. It was a disaster last time it occurred with the, with the mining boom. It certainly could have that effect this time, you know, depending on what would replace it. Yeah, right. Yes. Alison's got a little bit of, uh, little bit of something. I mean, you know, the Docklands, I think now, um, you know, it's it's an interesting one. Docklands, we get you get places like Zetland in um, Sydney. You know, Brisbane doesn't necessarily have too many of those places, but you know, Melbourne and Sydney end up with you know some of that you know international that international flavour a while ago, Alison. You know, most of those properties now have really sort of seen, you know, turnover. Um, and uh, I think, uh, you know, that the government legislated, unfortunately, against that. I, 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 think, I thought that was a bad move that, you know, we needed money, we needed development in Australia and international money was providing that activity. Um, and uh, since that's gone and since they've tightened uh, the Australian you know, Aussie's access to li- liquid capital or borrowing, that's been a real disaster for our supply chain, unfortunately. So, yeah, that's an interesting one. Right, we've, we've got one here from uh, Yasmin, and I, I I think I picked this one uh, earlier in the week, and uh, and I said I promised that uh, if she put, put it up here that we'd, we'd address it. So uh, let's have a look at this one. Uh, setting, trying to set up a share portfolio for my kids, uh, have information paralysis. 
Uh, I've been able to set up share accounts through my bank, but I don't know what to invest in. Uh, I was wanting to put 2000 aside uh, for the three kids. Uh, there's a bit more in there. Can you uh, suggest the best uh, educator uh, my, or best way to educate myself? Don't want to be a trader, just happy to make regular small payments. I was thinking of bonds, EFTs for diversification. I want something low cost uh, that I can buy and just hold no trading uh, from my end. Yasmin, it's a really good question. And it, when when we start with smaller amounts of investing, there's there's really a couple of ways that you can go about it. And this is just my perspective, right? That uh, there are many, many ways you can go about it. So there are app- there's applications like Raise, uh, and I'm not endorsing any of these, but uh, I've I've used all of them at different points in time. Uh, Raise, which is a Roundup app, uh, which whereby you spend uh, $5.50 and it will micro invest the additional 50 cents. So it rounds up every transaction. And if you spend $10 or an even amount, it'll just put a dollar in. Uh, and they have a, a selection of different types of index funds and, and things that you can invest in. You can choose your, your growth profile. There's also one spaceship that I was interested in for a little while, which was tracking a lot of the big uh, giant companies around the world, did really, really well, didn't move very quickly when the market pivoted and, uh, and kind of shit the bed a little bit as far as its returns were, were concerned. But it was a great app, you know, great education in there. So you can look to technology solutions and there's a lot of them out there. And I'd suggest have a, a little bit of a tinker and have a look at them. But the old boring, uh, the two old boring approaches to things are uh, one, which I've seen has created uh, a n- significant wealth for a number of clients that have had over the years where parents just bought the staples of uh of the market, right? The amount of times I've had people uh, with you know, half million dollar share portfolios, which have been BHP or you know um, Commonwealth Bank, where you know Dad every birthday threw fifty bucks in, and they just went in dividend reinvestment. Where and dividend reinvestment is basically instead of paying you out the dividend uh, each year. So if you own a thousand dollars worth of BHP, it might pay a six percent dividend, which means that you know, you get 600 bucks, all right? Um, so, uh, or sorry, 60 bucks, right? So instead of that going in uh, or being paid out, what it does, it buys another share. And so these, and these things over a lifetime, they, it's at the compounding effect. And, and Einstein said the eighth wonder of the world was compound interest. Uh, and it's really quite incredible if you were just to put the birthday dollars into some of the staple stocks into Australia uh, and and ride that dividend reinvestment over time and just check it every now and again. But you're talking about stocks that are the backbone uh, of the Australian system. And so, you know, that that is things like BHP. That is things like, uh, you know, the banks uh, in Australia. So dividend reinvestment, so you, you might pick something that you have an interest in. You might choose to go down that path of uh, a dividend reinvestment. There's also uh, stocks that are investment stocks, which you can have a look at. And, uh, you know, uh, the Barefoot Investor talks about them as well. I, I don't want to list too many of them because I don't want to be giving advice in this forum. Uh, so, but you can, you can read a little bit of his book and have, uh, and, and there's some sort of stock suggestions in there uh, as to what you could, what you could look at. A far more simple approach, but possibly not uh, as interesting, is just indexes. Uh, and what an index is, if you've got, uh, say, the Australian, uh, you, people hear it all the time on the news. They go, the S&P 
500 over in America uh, is up by X. And most people go, that's great. American market's up. And what a lot of people don't understand is what the hell that actually means. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. For the all lords in Australia, the amount of people who have gone, what's the all lords? And it's kind of, <laughs> you, you, you hear it every single day, but people just have no idea what that means. Um, so these are indexes. Uh, and you can buy indexes super, super cheap with three companies like Vanguard. Um, they're, they're, you can just Google indexes or EFTs, exchange traded funds. And these are a really cheap way that you can get in. And it's, it's almost like no brainer investing. Uh, as long as you're ABI, which is always be investing, as long as you take that approach and you just keep putting money in, put, keep putting money in over a lifetime and keep doing that, uh, which is what I suggest everybody should be doing. Uh, as long as you do that over a lifetime, this will be a very, very good approach for you. And so what an index is, is uh, so the S&P uh, two, sorry, the ASX 200 uh, is the top 200 stocks in Australia by market capitalization. So basically what that means is it's the biggest 200 companies in Australia. Now you can get the ASX top 50, which is the 50 biggest stocks in Australia. And what happens is it's got a survivorship bias, which means that if you're sitting in place number 50, uh, and then all of a sudden 49 is bigger than you, the index automatically takes the, the company that is growing and, and, and kisses goodbye to the one that's not growing as much. And when you think about it, it's actually a very simple but very, very effective tool for indexes because you're, const you're constantly getting the top sample of companies that are growing uh, you know, the best or, uh, or the largest. So you can be very, very stable and you can get these in Australia. Uh, you can get them in America. So the S&P 500, which is the, the top 500 stocks in America, market capitalization. So you can get into these types of things. A again, you know, it, I think you should do your research. And, uh, but when, it's, when you're talking about smaller amounts of money and you just want to be investing over a long time and, and building these up, caveat, you know, I don't know what your tax situation is and what the kids' tax situation is. You just want to make sure that they don't earn more than, I think it's 546 or $48 for a minor because non-end income above, I think it's, it's some obtuse figure. Harry might know and he might chuck it in the chat in a moment what that number is because above that amount of income for your children, they will then get charged 66.6%. Who chose the number 548 or 46? I've got no idea. I've got no understanding as to what that reference point is. But the moment that they start to earn more than that as far as income is concerned, um, then they would get taxed at a really high tax rate. So that's where indexes can be really good because you're looking at a growth story, not an income story. Uh, and this is a way that you can $416. There we go. $416. Where did that number come from? It's ludicrous, isn't it? I, I know what it is. 416. <laughs> there we go. Not linked to inflation or any of that stuff. Um, so, look, th those would be the areas that I'd look at. Uh, and indexes can be great from a growth perspective uh, because you also get the capital gains tax discount if you hold it for more than 12 months. Uh, and it's a way that you don't have to be a specialist investor. You're literally just investing, if it was in the uh, ASX 200, in basically the growth of Australia. That's effectively what you're investing in. Uh, super simple, really easy way to get in and a great way of getting your kids interested in the investment journey as well because they start to look at their money going up and down and you know, one day it's up 
you know, 20% more and then, you know, the COVID hits and all of a sudden it loses 30% in value. And that's really great training for kids to be able to see a portfolio do that so that then later on in life they become less less inclined to jump out uh, when markets do what they do, which is... uh, uh, can be very, very volatile at times, teaches them good pragmatic investment behaviours. Yeah. Mate, uh, no, that's great, mate. Good uh, good, uh, good conversation. And, mate, I'm a big fan. I, I absolutely love the too big to fail Andy Fenton theory. Um, <laughs> so uh, I think that's golden. So uh, good good stuff, mate. Um, uh, another question here from Harry. We've got a, we've got a few minutes before... Uh, we might uh, we might wind up, but um, Harry said, "Is there an is there an end in sight to the shortage in construction materials?" Short answer, Harry, no, there's not. Um, <laughs> and um, here's something I prepared earlier. Um, you know, let's have a quick a quick look at this actually, um, because the it's it's uh, it's a conversation in and around what's going on out there in the marketplace, Harry. You know. Uh, Home renovations, you know, what happened? Team, Australians putting record amounts of money into their offset accounts. Australians having record savings in their bank accounts. What's what? And they can't go on holiday. What's the first thing that they've done? Andy, everybody, tell me, what is the first thing that people have done with their record money? What is the first thing they upgraded? And it wasn't their house, by the way, but uh, I'll just tell you that. It was, that was the second. But what was the first thing that they've spent money on, team? Tell me what it is. Chuck it in the chat. What do you reckon, Andy? Are they computers or, or is that just me? Is that, that that's just me? I think that's just you and me, mate. We're upgrading our computers and our cameras and stuff like that. But uh, <laughs> Bob so, reckon stock so, portfolio. No, Bob. No, not not the stock portfolio. What, what for the first time, like – that I could ever remember, Andy, did people pay more? Did you buy it and then three years later you actually made money out of it? What was it? Well, mate, the one thing that probably the only time in history I've ever seen that you made more money out of selling something secondhand uh, was was the car market. Car market, dead right, folks. So so the first things first, (laughs) Uber Eats. Alison, you're dead bloody right. I'm I'm almost (laughs) embarrassed. I I won't tell anyone what my Uber Eats bill is a month. I can tell you that. It's ludicrous. I I need to buy shares in Uber Eats just to offset my bloody (laughs) cost of Uber Eats. Um, Yeah, listen, takeaway cars and secondhand cars. Team, Aussies on like just float out there, secondhand cars, uh, camping trailers, caravans, like like it was a mode of transport or escape um, just got the attention. Now everyone's kind of done that. Um, what's happening, Harry, everybody, is then people are going, well, I've still got money left. What should I do? You know, we've always wanted to renovate the house and that's happening too. At the same time, we have uh, like a shortage, an insane shortage of um, uh, people who can do that for you uh, and also – it's uh, much more profitable for tradies and uh, contractors to g- actually go and work in the brand new, the, ex- the the new market rather than the existing market. So, team Harry, to answer your question, no, there's not going to be a shortage. Let's say I, I don't think for the next 12 to 18 months, I don't think that's going to stop. Medium term, uh, it, it should get back to 
I don't know what 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 would call normal. I I don't think that's even the right conversation, Andy. It'll get back to its new um, trajectory, um, and and, that, and that, that's that. There's with I, and again, I've uh, my brain's a bit bit short today. But there's an economic theory, and I've just forgotten what it's called. But when you have periods of time like this in such uh, large but unusual inflationary spikes due to short-term issues uh, like this, what tends to happen is the prices don't come back down. Uh, is What ends up happening is standardised inflation catches up. And what I yeah. mean by that is we've got the price, inflation on, on materials off the charts, right? But what we also, uh, you know, have is is stuff like this, right? Um, so we've got uh, we've got food inflation, right? So we've we've literally got uh, food inflation pushing up the overall inflation of of the country and and also uh, the the US. So what we tend to see is that uh, if if we drew sort of housing on here, as uh, the cost of materials up here well what tends to happen is it sort of standardizes it still goes up a little bit by inflation but what ends up happening is the rest of the inflationary figures slowly but surely start to catch up and bridge the gap you have to change and, your spot in the on your camera andy go to the bottom oh, left boom there you go so we what happens is that yeah. the, if we say that this is the rest of the inflation and um so this is milk going up this is well, petrol's gone up, but we've had a lot of things go up pretty rapidly. So yeah. it's reasonable to think that other things will actually catch up and they will leave those prices there. And also you think about business, they're going to want to maximise their profitability when the cost of the production comes down or the cost of the last mile of the production comes down. These companies will naturally get greater levels of profit and they're not going to want to pass that straight on. Yep. Um, unless they're forced to, and that'll be by big players like Bunnings and these, you know, companies trying to, you know, out outsell Joe next door. But if Bunnings don't need to outsell Joe next door, then they're not going to try to, and they won't need to for quite some time into the future. Mm. So what we're probably more likely to see, and this is what, uh, yeah, I was about to say a lot of the economists that I've been chatting to have to say, which means it's probably fucking wrong. <laughs> probably going the opposite direction. But uh, the cost of it coming down, probably less likely than the rest of inflation actually catching up. Catching up. Makes sense. Yep, yep. And, 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 you know, I think really at the end of the day, I think that will, you know, for, you know, the average Aussie, I think, uh, you know, wages and, and those things are sort of growing, you know, people's ability to sort of negotiate. Uh, there we go. I think uh, uh, Andrew, is it the Pareto principle, Andy? Um, well, we found my replacement. There we go. <laughs> it sounds very, very, very uh, clever. Um, but uh, really at the end of the day, you know, we have, you know, something almost similar in the world of real estate. It's like this, um, it's like mean reversion where right now, you know, the, the trajectory of, let's say, rental growth or whatever, you know, should have uh, should have been, you know, you would like it to be every year compounding, but it's not linear, right? Things, right. things aren't linear. And, you know, it kind of saves up and saves up and boils and builds pressure and then pop. And then I was like, oh, I'm surprised. But 
if you aggregate it out over a whatever period you aggregate it out, it's, it's not a surprise. It's kind of the mean, right? It's kind of like it's the 3%, you know, folks. You know, it's the it's the catch-up on the five years that didn't do anything and it's, you know, it's forward-booking a, a, a few years that won't do anything, right? It's, so It's it's the age yeah. principle, isn't it? Like, well, yeah. and, and I'm going to get somewhere with this, which is relevant. It's not going to sound like it initially, but what what is the the long-term property return like? Like if you if you extrapolate last thirty years, uh, or you know forty years, fifty years, what's the long term like average growth and and income when you put it together on an annualized basis? Like I, I don't know about the income, but you know growth is around that sort of nine percent, like nine ish percent, you know, compounding. Um, uh, Chatiras are saying like six percent, so you know, call it, you know, let let's cut it in the middle. Call it sort of, you know, eight and a half, nine percent, eight percent, seven percent, something like that, Andy. And and so th- this this is what just uh, this is what I, why I laugh at uh, so much because there's the get rich quick schemes and there's all of that sort of jazz. But guess what? The average, you know, the the kind of average return that we look for out of a, a full growth equities portfolio over thirty to forty years. I don't know, you know. Six percent, five percent, eight percent. We're sort of in the eight, eight to to ten percent. Yeah, yeah. In and around that, and and you're going to have the peaks and troughs over time. But that's why it's ABI always be investing. Yeah. Uh, and and the property, like when you have a look at the property trajectory, you're literally talking about the same thing that happens. They're, they're kind of neck and neck, of really. Time, yeah. But they're yeah. going. I mean, the beauty, what you can't do, or you can do it with shares, but you've got to have a lot of guts to do it is to highly leverage yourself into them but property yep. gives you that capacity to 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 take a considerable amount of the bank's money and and go into it you can do margin loans and things like that in shares it's just a lot higher risk because of the volatility mm. um, but but ultimately the long term uh, which is what you were talking about before it's it's almost the same and you've just got to go through the various different peaks and troughs uh, yep. in order to be able to realize that and then it's just not sexy at the end and you no. and, it, and investing to a degree it's kind of not yeah the more and, sexy and, it is probably the more the, the more chance you've got to get an std <laughs> I was, and i was talking about that today andy you know like you know and you know the idea like how do you make you know an nft tangible right now like it's interesting it's sexy it's easy whatever but you know how do you buy milk with that you know, how do you pay your fucking mortgage with that? You can't, right? So, you know, you know what happens is the world might recognise something that's interesting, sexy, exciting, whatever. You know, there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of kind of, you know, you know, un like intangible value floating around that that can't really be converted into anything that we could actually use. And then it finds it's it's. You know, it's equilibrium. It finds its thing. It finds how it kind of translates and converts and, and you know, fits in. And, uh, you know, then it settles down to, you know, you know, settles down to business, you know. And for, for, for you and me, like me, we're talking, I was talking about this. I was talking about this a couple of days ago. Every property that I've ever bought, even the, even a piece of shit that I bought ages ago, right? has doubled in value um, between 10 and 15 years, every yeah. every single one. Like, so, but you know what? Some of them, Andy, like didn't even fucking do anything. Matter of fact, they went kind of backwards. 
for eight years and I'm thinking, oh, geez, you know, this thing's a piece of rubbish. And then in three years, it just like went crazy, right? So, yeah, yeah, the outcome, the income, all sorts of stuff, you know, and over the years, you know, I've owned over 100 properties, you know, and it's like, you know, the longer you own an investment that has the ability to have longevity in, you know, sometimes I think the share market has less ability to have longevity. A sh- like a business in the share market has less ability to have longevity than a piece of real estate, you know. Um, so if, if you and I were to say, how certain would you be if we were to choose 100 pieces of real estate and 100 stocks right now that they would exist in 50 years' time, you know, I'd be pretty certain that that 90% of my real estate would exist in 50 years' time, but I'm not quite sure you'd be that certain that your stocks would exist in 50 years' time. You know what I mean? So, 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 so there's some tweaks, but all of that said, medium term, 15, 20 years return, they, they level out. They level yeah. out. It's, it's 10-ish percent. You know, folks, buy some good stuff, either good, some good shares or some good real estate and leave it the fuck alone. Excuse the French. Exactly. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and, you know, Andrew sort of said it here. It was a good one. You know, you know, in a word, you know, everyone wants it now, but the long-term game doesn't – it's not that sexy or attractive, you know. Yeah. You need to leave things alone to do what they do, you know, and for, for you know, anyone who's got wealthy. You know, I, I was just, I was reading an article, you know, there's there's two worlds. There's Warren Buffett, you know, one of the world's most famous investors when it comes to the share market, um, and one of Australia's, I, I don't know, like tell me, folks in the chat, who's Australia's number one property investor? Not developer, but property investor. Andy, do you know who it is? Property investor, number one. Investor. Owns the most real estate as investments, personally. Well, with his structures and personally, it's not It's not in a unit trust. You can't buy his shares or anything. Oh, it would be, <laughs> be, be great if it was me, Bob. I, I'd love that. <laughs> <laughs> Could be about one of about five people, I reckon. Um, well, um, as an individual, Bradley, I mean McDonald's as a entity is one of the biggest in the world. So I think, I think, however, um, short of the the guy I was talking about earlier, they as a business they are the largest um, real estate. As a business, they're the largest uh, real estate owner in the world. Yeah. Yep, real estate owner in the world, and 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 that's and that's an interesting one, um, Andy. You know these businesses, and I I think. Andy, here's my pick. I've got a, I've got a, I've got a, I think Amazon distribution businesses are going to overtake McDonald's into the future. I'm not sure that they are. I reckon, I reckon there'll be a McDonald's next to (laughs) the Amazon distribution centers. Uh, Amazon's like, we've got too much head, right? Catholic Church, (laughs) you're dead right. You're dead right. Mate, uh, Alison, you got close on the name, but it was Harry Triggerboff. Harry Triggerboff, he is a developer, but he he develops to to rent those properties uh, as well. He owns over ten thousand individual pieces of real estate as, as the private owner. Andy, it's 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 him. It's his thing. 
It's you can't buy the shares of his ten thousand properties on the on the stock market. He is a uh, he's you know obviously he's got companies to trust, how he structured whatever, but you, you can't you can't buy into his company. Like he's not listed, you know, and you know this thing, you know these guys, these people, you know, um, you know your your um your world in the sort of the stock market and the share market, you know, famous person. You know, you know, uh, the uh, the owners of like, you know, Magellan Fund or like whatever, like these people are still like, but you know, whoever they are, the probably not a great, one in the uh, in the press at the moment. Probably not a great example, but you know, you know, you, you you're talking Buffett and the Magellan Fund or whatever. Like they all say it, mate. They all say it. it's long term. Like they all say, you know, own it, keep it. You know, twenty years, thirty years, then you'll be wealthy. You know. It, no, nobody says, oh, mate, you know what you should do? You should take everything and trade it short term and take high risk because that's the way to wealth. No one says that. No one says that, you know. No, no nah. look, once you've got reserves, you can take punts and punts will pay off. Yeah. But if, if you want to take the punt with with the, the, the bare minimum, then you're it's a statistic game and the statistics don't work in your favour. No, the house always wins, Andy. Um, yep. When it come, yep, yep. Yep, the game always wins um, as as we go. Well, maybe that came to a you know, not necessarily a great ending, but uh, <laughs> well, an ending of some here's, sort. Here's a way of just uh, throwing it in so we can answer all of the questions and wrap it up in thirty seconds. Uh, is that because Harry asked a question earlier on? Is what what what's our take on uh, uh, on governments going into coins? Well, oh, you know yeah. what we think about sexy investing. Uh, you know what Jason and I think about politicians and the government's capacity to deliver on projects. Well, they'll fuck that um, up. So, so <laughs> number one, uh, if if so, my opinion is that uh, that I reckon that, that our, we will be crypto based in some way, shape, or form, um, or that that blockchain technology will be the foundation for uh, the global currencies. I, I think I almost think that that's a fair complete. It's just going to happen. Uh, not exactly what you call a great green debate, though, Harry, because uh, apparently it's not a very green way of doing it. So no. I think that uh, it's going to be very unpopular based on the uh, our, our green policy. But uh, nobody really talks about that. But ultimately, the the sexiness that Jace was talking about before with the NFTs that was a crypto market, and we've been saying it for a long time that until this thing has practical, tangible use in the world then it's not going to stabilize, right? And the practical, tangible use in the world is when we can go down and we can buy some milk with it or we can buy property with it. And yes, there's been the ability to buy things here and there, but ultimately the, the fiat currency will, will become a digital currency. It's almost there right now, right? Uh, but he, there's a multiple different avenues that this could go. The government introduced their own stable coin and they will fuck it up six ways from Sunday for the next <laughs> decade, right? Mark my words. It's going to be an absolute. I mean, look at what they do in East West Link, and and look at the tunnel in Melbourne. Look at any major infrastructure project that the government have rolled out in the last twenty years, and tell me one that ran to budget and on time. Yeah. Uh, and, and here's here's the let's work with miracles before we ask for uh, the impossible. The work with the impossible before we ask for miracles. Let's tell me a budget, a uh, one that's actually been under budget and under time. If you find that little needle in the haystack, that's the diamond in the rough, and I'm pretty sure there's maybe one of them around, but of a sizable nature. So 
What I think is probably the more likely uh, run is that the government uh, try to do it and fail and realize that they just, they're in over their head, can't control it. And this is a big thing, right? Or yeah. they then tag team uh, with a major uh, coin provider out, out in the market and it'll probably be linked to other countries in the world, maybe the US, maybe you know European partners, maybe a Commonwealth coin um, <clears throat> because uh, the... The, the overall knowledge in order to be able to run this properly, uh, I think we're just falling short in the government's hands and uh, unlikely for them to be able to roll it out effectively. So I reckon it's going to be a really interesting one to watch. Uh, but you watch how slowly progress happens once it gets into the hands of the government. Yeah, you, you, you will have seen crypto go from zero to hero in a very, very short period of time and the, the, the types of building blocks and the, the technology that Moore's law has just taken off. It's like a hockey stick yield curve. But you watch that come to a crashing halt when the government starts to deploy it. Uh, and so that's sort of my, my two cents uh, on it, Harry. And how that will manipulate the market, who the hell knows. But I can tell you the people who are making real money in crypto right now are the people who are manipulating it, um, which are the musks of the world and, oh, maybe allegedly the musks of the world, maybe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> please don't kill me, Mr. Musk. But uh, the people who have the ability to put significantly large amounts of money in and rip it out really quickly because they control the market, right? And then the hedge fund managers of the world, they're the ones who are making real money out of crypto. Uh, and then the, the rest of the people now, it's this tale of the fish, it's a yeah. teller pitch. And I like you, you brought it to exactly where I was going to say, Andy. Like, and you know, a lot of people don't like to hear this, folks, but you, you actually need now, whether the governments do a great job of it or not, is not what I'm talking about. But you actually have, when there's a great white, you know, fucking shark in the pool with you, and you're not a great white shark, right? The hedge funds, you know, the smartest people in the room. They are going to rip you to shreds, um, and you know the the world of that stuff. There are there are. I mean, they're bigger than great white sharks. They're 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 capitalist black holes out there, just hoovering up, <laughs> hoovering up, like like value and wealth. Like they like, and and what's happened. There's been this sex appeal, Andy, to to get away from the control systems that governments and capitalism have kind of like put in boxes for quite a while, which I, I don't argue against. So I think it's actually you know we need a shake up of that system because it's it's toxic and it's and it's not so great. But what happens now that's happened outside of of frameworks and controls and whatever. And there are literally, oh man, it's it's insane. You know, it'd curl your toes, folks. What what you know happens outside of those, you know, outside of the 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 coloring in book, outside of the lines. And whether we we like it or not, the the governance of countries and economies are meant to provide some rules of engagement so we can all kind of benefit from from value from wealth from you know from from our um our toils 
And uh, capitalism organizes itself not in that way if it doesn't have framework. It, it, the, the biggest, hungriest, uh, great white black hole <laughs> hoover, you know, wins. That's, that, that's its organizing principle. It's not, a, it's not a conspiracy theory. It's just how the game plays. It's just how the game works, folks. So, you know, anyway, uh, that we, we, we can end up down this rabbit hole for about 10 hours, I think, Andy. <laughs> it's the financial version of what the bleep is this. What the bleep is, it's, it's, it's bloody completely true. It's so true. It's so true. You know, follow it down that rabbit hole and uh, there's a lot of conversations to have. But we're not going to have them tonight, folks. We're going to call the it. unicorn. <laughs> uh, anyway, we probably should call it quits, Andy. Well, mate, I think it's a good way to finish it up is that uh, that's the way the game's played. That is the way the game's played. Do not, do not blame the players because the players are just playing the game. At the end of the day, the, the rules, the ones we play in, um, you know, are the ones you need to understand. Yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think you're right, Andrew. That's, I, think you th- I think you're right. Governments are great for governance and there should be frameworks for societies. You know, I like I'm I'm a big believer, um, and uh, that's why I think it's never been more important to vote for great people um, when it comes around to the world of uh, our politicians. You know, they've been pretty average for too long, to be honest. Um, but anyway, there we go. Alison, we need really, more uh, time. That's hey, where Andy. we put up Jason's uh, Jason's nominee application form. Uh, scan <laughs> the QR code here, Witten for. Uh, <laughs> Narang or uh, or uh, <laughs> the Gold Coast, wherever we need to be, mate. Um, now uh, we promised that we might get together in person with a few crew. Uh, that's still on the radar, folks. And uh, also, I think, uh, mate, we I reckon it'd be great to do some type of uh, live get together and maybe stream one of these live out to out to people, have a live crowd, a combo of it. Well, um, so, uh, folks, stand by for that one. We'll give you some. Uh, we'll give you some notice. It'll be after April. I think Easter's a big write-off in the middle of April. Um, live in Melbourne, Chris is voting for. Um, yeah, maybe maybe live either Melbourne or Brisbane. We'll we'll, we'll take some votes. <laughs> I'm in. Uh, I'm in. I'm in. All right, mate. Well, that's it. I think we should uh, we should call it uh, call it uh, call it quits. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Appreciate it. We got to all of the questions, so we, we, we didn't skip out this time, which is great, and we appreciate them coming in. So keep them coming uh, and anything you think of during the week. But uh, I think that Jay summed it up well with that's the way the game's played. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you've got a great white in the pool, move house. <laughs> who's the guy out of um, who's the guy out of uh, Jaws who gets the shark? You know, like, what's it? Can you remember his name? Oh, I can't actually. He was the uh, cop, wasn't he? He was the, he was the policeman out of the uh, the first version. Yeah. Anyway, I butchered our finish, mate. You, 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 you had a good life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, it's all right. It's all right. We, 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 we can we, we we could just punch the live button and just it's an abrupt ending. It's done. All right. Well, uh, let's do it. It's good night from him, and it's a good night from me. Good night, good night everyone. <laughs>